0: What's up, everyone? I'm Will Fulton, and this is Thrillist Best Podcast. So, according to the fine nerds that crunched the numbers for our website, people out across the U.S. are more interested than ever in hiking, camping, and all outdoor activities. I mean, I know I personally am, probably because it's, like, the only thing we can actually do safely outside of our own homes right now. So today... I'm speaking with writer and podcast host Lauren Gay, aka Outdoorsy Diva. Her mission is to make the whole outdoor community a lot more inclusive and accessible, which is always a great thing. And we have Thrillist editor Alex Robinson. He does a ton of work around gear, camping, and hiking for the website. Together, they're going to give us a novice-friendly list for what you need to bring with you on your hikes or camping trips. They're going to share some of their own horror stories so you can learn from them, and they're going to talk a little bit about some of their favorite hikes of all time. There's something here to help people of every skill level enjoy the great outdoors. And before we jump into the call, I just want to give a shout out to the 1988 classic John Hughes written comedy The Great Outdoors starring John Candy and Dan Aykroyd. It's super unrelated, but it's very underrated. It's a great movie. Okay, I digress. Here's our call. Alright, I'm here with Lauren Gay. She's a travel writer and podcaster, host of the Outdoorsy Diva podcast. What's up, Lauren? How are you today?
1: Hi, how are you? Nice to have, Nice to be here.
0: Definitely, we're happy to have you. And I'm with Alex Robinson. He's an editor for Thrillist. He writes a lot about hiking and camping gear, and he talks about camping a lot. Some would say too much, uh, like me. But Alex, how are you?
2: I'm doing great, Will. I'm doing
0: great. Um, it's a beautiful day for camping, if I don't say so myself. It, well, where are you? I'm in Brooklyn right now. It's a little hot in Brooklyn when you, it's like 90 degrees, right? That's
2: what makes it a beautiful day. It's it uh it's going to cool down at night and in the daytime you hop, find a river to jump in or
0: a swimming hole. <laughs> All right, Lauren, where are you right now?
1: I'm in Tampa, Florida right now.
0: Okay, do you agree with Alex that, you know, the 90 degree weather, cool down at night, that's that's the ideal camping? There's no such environment. With,
1: there's no such thing as cool down at night in Florida in the summer. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Al's from Florida, so, you know, you're familiar with that. Yeah, that's, that's 100% accurate. Um, <laughs> if you're camping in Florida
2: in the summertime, you have to be on a body of water, and you're probably in a hammock with a mosquito net
0: around you. Right. That doesn't sound too bad. That doesn't sound too bad at all. Um, so Lauren, you know, for people who don't know you, can you talk a little bit about Outdoorsy Diva? Uh, first of all, it's really fun to say, so I like <laughs> it. And uh, what you do and how it all got started.
1: Sure. So Outdoorsy Diva is uh, this moniker that I gave myself because I didn't feel like I belonged or felt like I was the normal kind of outdoor uh, chick when I was first kind of getting into it about six years ago, looking for resources, looking for people, um, and they just didn't feel like me. So I'm kind of a self-proclaimed diva. I like to Wear makeup, be cute, be fashionable, but I really love nature. I found this connection with nature and uh, with being outside. So that's hence the name Outdoorsy Diva. I started the blog just to share about my adventures uh, with my son as he was growing up. And it has morphed into this wonderful brand uh, of travel writing about uh, not just outdoor adventures, but travel around the world. Uh, globally and then the podcast was birthed two years ago so it's been an amazing ride and the main mission is just to for people to feel like they they have someone that they can relate to um, which I didn't have so Mm -hmm. I I love being this space of diversity and inclusion in in this outdoor space uh, for women for other single moms um, to look at me and see that yeah I can do that I can try that too
0: and that's awesome and you know kind of like you were saying is it true that you weren't totally into hiking camping your whole life it's something that you've got into semi recently
1: yeah not at all not didn't grow up doing that at all i grew up in dallas texas um and i know people hear texas and they assume um outdoors and farm and that's totally not true dallas is completely metropolitan and and urban especially (laughs) where i grew up yeah there was none of that going on my first exposure i do i was like 14 we were living Mm -hmm. here i went to a a a church camp up in windy gap in north carolina that was my very first time ever like hiking and mountain biking and zip lining and i was like what is this world that i've never been exposed to so that was kind (laughs) of the early uh bug and then i didn't get to do it again until i was like fresh out of college
0: and alex uh have you been hiking and camping your whole life or is it something you've kind of adopted recently um, I've been doing it my my whole life,
2: basically. Um, growing up in Florida, my mom uh, kind of raised me with a really uh, big eye towards conservationism and just looking at uh, outdoor nature spaces and uh, always kind of imparting upon me how important they are and need to be mm-hmm. uh, maintained. So uh, she and like it was just her and I growing up. So she enrolled me in Boy Scouts at a young age, or like Cub Scouts and then Bear Scouts and. Weeblos and then Boy Scouts. And I went to those camps. Um, so I started real young, just kind of learning it and having it really ingrained uh, in me that like the outdoors is somewhere that I need to be a lot of the times. And I think that really also affected my friend group. As I got older, um, people who also like to camp and hike and do that kind of thing, I uh, gravitated toward uh, towards that. And that also morphed into things like kayaking and uh, surfing and whatever what what have you just kind of like being sure. outdoors and having fun and i think that's basically because i was just kind of like a crazy kid so my mom was just like go outside like get the hell out of the house and go do something
0: <laughs> like an outdoor cat just like i don't want to yeah. see you just yeah. she yourself. Like, she's like just come home at dinner
2: just just do whatever don't get hurt come <laughs> home at dinner.
0: <laughs> leaving a plate out i can respect yeah. that <laughs> your mom was the right idea so lauren you know one thing um i've heard you mention on your podcast a few times and i think is great is your willingness to be like, hey, I made a lot of mistakes when I started doing all this. I've been totally unprepared before. And I love that because that's kind of the way I approach life and everything I do. And, you know, that's going to happen. But you should learn from my mistakes to kind of start off as this episode is pretty much a primer for people who want to start hiking and camping and might not have done it before. Do you have any stories of your previous outdoor, I don't know, failed (laughs) where you ended up learning something that you've carried with you?
1: uh certainly um uh, those are known as misadventures actually is okay. what i call them
0: <laughs> i like that that's a that's a softer term
1: <laughs> that's exactly what they are yeah absolutely i mean the first time i went uh waterfall chasing uh, my best friend and i and this was us fresh out of college and we both were kind of like found out about these waterfalls because she was interning in uh, Nowheresville, Alabama. Don't make me lie and tell you a city because I have no idea, but she was <laughs> in northern Alabama and we were bored and one of her coworkers suggested we go see a waterfall. And both of us being from Florida were like, what do you mean waterfall in Alabama? Like that's a thing? We had no idea. We always thought of waterfalls being something where you're way up in mountains or Hawaii or whatever. We didn't realize that was something like people just did. So we were like, cool, we'll do that. So we set out and this was telling you my age here. We had to print out our MapQuest directions and (laughs) (laughs) we went on this adventure, right, to find these waterfalls. And we didn't have the right Gear. We didn't have the right shoes. We didn't have a first aid kit. Uh, we didn't have anything. So we went on this first hike. Um, we had to like go across this dam and then off into the forest. And we were following the trail and we didn't check the weather. <clears throat> Mistake number one. So we did hmm. check the weather had no idea that a storm was rolling in and so we made it down the bottom of the mountain to the base of this falls and we're like yay we did it this is amazing and then we hear thunder and then we're like, oh, no. oh shit, what are we going to do? <laughs> so just trying to get off that mountain before this storm rolled in, you know, we were at risk for lightning. The rain started. It got muddy. We didn't have the right shoes. We didn't have anything. Uh, it was. <laughs> it could have ended up really badly because we could have found ourselves stranded in a pretty dire situation. Um, and we were just fortunate to get out of there unscathed um, and not get struck by lightning.
0: Right, so preparation is key, it seems like.
1: Preparation is key. Uh, You know, you have to pay attention to things like, the the weather, because Mm -hmm. uh, Mother Nature is not forgiving, and sometimes you will not get another chance, and that really can be the difference between a miserable time or an amazing time. You know, you shouldn't be out in in a forest of any kind, and you don't even have a basic first aid kit, like, you know, little things. (laughs) <laughs> How was
0: the waterfall, though?
1: The waterfall was awesome. Uh, <laughs> I think it was called Little uh, Little River Canyon, Little One of Those. There's a few of them in that area, but we, we tackled three of them while we were there. And that's really when kind of that bug hit me. And it was just like, mm. oh, I got to do more of this. If this means I have to suffer through bugs and trails, that's fine. But the waterfalls were beautiful. And I was like, I'm sold. I'm all in.
0: Totally worth it. And, you know, Alex, you are a man, I know you, um, who isn't ashamed (laughs) of his own mistakes. Uh, What is your take here? Did you have any similar experiences where, you know, you went out and maybe did something wrong and you totally learned something from it?
2: I'll 100% echo Lauren about weather. I think that I would say 90% of uh, people making mistakes are weather related, whether that's Mm. not bringing enough warmth with them if it gets too cold um, or not are not really watching the weather that much and especially in the mountains weather's so unpredictable that you just have to always you have to come prepared with like the right rain gear the right warm uh warm like things like socks weatherproof boots and I definitely in my early kind of in my early stages of hiking uh the Appalachian Mountains and uh the Catskills even I had to learn a lot just because Florida is so flat so hiking in Camping in Florida is pretty easy to manage, but once you mm-hmm. get to Northern New yeah. York, it gets a little bit more difficult. Um, so for me, yeah, 100% weather. Uh, I've been caught in downpours while camping and forgot something like to put a tarp on the ground, a uh, ground cover. So the whole bottom, okay. of, I'd wake up and the whole bottom of my tent's just soaked, like filled oh, with water. It's
1: totally done that. That yeah. is the worst.
2: <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a rookie mistake in like, it, it'll it'll happen to almost everyone who has uh who hasn't camped in really bad rainstorms um yeah it's just, it's just like a weird thing that you kind of forget you're like oh yeah maybe i should grab a tarp to put under my tent it's just it's like one of those little things that you learn about through experiences um so yeah definitely yeah. weather and then always always warmth it's like you always want to be able to shed layers if you have to um because you can dry clothes and it's always better to bundle up than to have to having to need uh, a, an extra sweater or something that you forgot.
0: Do you have a specific app that you like to use that you found to be more accurate than others? Do you, do you go to the radar?
1: I use the, the normal weather app that everybody has uh, on their phones. But I'm just like, uh, Alex, I'm incessant about it, like up until the second I'm actually even going to start the trail. Like February, I took a group of ladies for their first time um, on a, a group trip. Uh, mountains and mimosas so it was truly outdoorsy (laughs) and diva (laughs) (laughs) so we did it we did a a a mile hike and it was a waterfall chase i took him to dupont forest because that was an easy three mile loop you know i wasn't trying Mm -hmm. to kill people and it started to freaking snow in the middle of the hike (laughs) um but i was prepared and now mind you there was no snow in the forecast for that day at all it literally said zero precipitation but i had already prepared the ladies bring it anyway, bring it anyway, prepare for it anyway. Like I'm of the mindset of you just prepare for whatever because Mother Nature changes her mind when she wants to. So you just much rather have something and not need it than not be prepared for it. And so because we were prepared for it, everybody had on the proper gear, proper shoes, the right base layers, like nobody was complaining. Everybody was fine. It was beautiful. We didn't have to cut our hike short or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we were good to go.
0: Yeah, that all makes total sense. And Lauren, would you say that you can appreciate camping in bad weather? I know I'm the kind of person who likes a rainy day. I don't know about hiking five miles in a rainy day. But, you know, what's your take there?
1: Fun fact. All right. My first backpacking trip was Cumberland Island uh, in Georgia, the National national Forest or Park or whatever it is. But it's an Mm -hmm. island. You take a ferry to it. They've got wild horses. That's what sold me and they were like, well, we're going to backpack in. It's about three miles to the campsite. Cool, three miles, that's not a problem. Mm -hmm. Carrying my gear, right, so I've got my pack, and my son was with me. We've each got our packs with us, and we had to pack in everything that we needed, um, including water because they didn't have potable water. Um, So we were fine. Skies were blue. We literally got a mile from the site, Thunder, lightning, this massive downpour rose in. So the last mile, we were in a storm, drenched, and we had to get to the campsite and basically set up our tent in the rain. Let me tell you something. That sucked. <laughs> 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 there was nothing fun about that, but you know what? After we got everything set up, after we dried off and everything, and we did get a few more showers rolled in, honestly, it was kind of nice because the sound of the rain hitting your tent, like the smell of the rain in the air, seeing everything like be really green. It really Mm -hmm. wasn't that bad. I just wish it had waited until, like, we had the campsite set up and ready to go. So I'm okay (laughs) with being in the tent in the rain, but the hiking in the rain and trying to put pitch a tent in the rain absolutely sucked. But it also, I felt like I earned, like, a strike that day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I mean, that makes a ton of sense. Alex, do you you relish bad weather camping at all? Make you feel Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know a real man to be out there in the rain and the elements.
2: Absolutely not. But I do agree with Lauren (laughs) that like there is something, there is something about pitching a tent in bad weather, setting up camp like in horrible weather, and then even getting a fire started to like dry yourself off. Once you complete all that, you have this really amazing sense of accomplishment. Like, like you've overcome mother nature and you've, you've earned something like, yeah, you've earned some sort of stripe and anybody who camps and hikes will agree with, well, I think agree with Lauren and myself when it comes down to this, but like, do what I, would I actively go out and camp in the rain. Hell right. no, it's not that fun. <laughs> it's
1: like, right. it's like a,
2: it's an arduous experience. It like takes such a toll on you. And if you're with people, it'll start testing your patience with people. Cause you'll want them to start helping like, Hey, can somebody maybe hang a tarp up for rain shelter? Um, and You'll see somebody just like chilling in their tent and you'd be like, can you come out maybe start getting some dry wood to help build the fire? Like, why are you just sitting there? um so no camping in camping in rain is terrible uh camping yeah. in any bed not is great terrible. for a,
0: not great for a first date it seems like either it's Alex. not no not great for a first date <laughs> not great for any date
2: if you, but if you want to test your metal in the middle of your relationship yeah i mean all, by all means go for it
1: don't you won't make you won't survive it will not survive it okay. i'm a witness yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's speaking from Uh-oh. personal experience <laughs>
0: Uh, we, don't have to div- we don't have to dive into that. Or, or <laughs> <nice of> that.
2: <laughs> I did not mean to pick up a touchy subject. Sorry.
0: <laughs> um, all right, so Alex, you are a commerce editor for Thrillist, and, and you do write a lot about gear. You sample a lot of gear, uh, and in my estimation, you know, uh, being prepared a lot of times just means having the right items on you, having the right gear. And this is really relevant to me. I've done a fair amount of camping, hiking. Um, but I've always relied on other people to kind of plan and prepare for me, which might not surprise you that much, Alex. Um, <laughs> it does not surprise but, me at know, all. Right. But let's look at, uh, let's first look at day hikes. I know you recently published an article about day hiking essentials. And I wanted to ask you, what are the most essential essentials? What do novices, people that are just starting out who have no clue what they're doing, need to pack before they go on a day hike?
2: uh shoes most novices underestimate the toll that hiking will take on their feet even if it's a three mile hike um you, you're always going to have rocks on the ground uh slippery spots in the dirt muddy spots so the first thing you're going to want to do is always invest in a good pair of shoes always try to find ones that are water resistant you don't have to pay a ton of, a ton of money for them you can get a good pair mm. for around 150 bucks um it's it's also you know if if you're going out, uh, what, what you're wearing is extremely important as well. Um, yeah. The sun, man, the sun will either fry you or the wind will cool you. Like, you really need to just be sure you have good clothing. And that includes, like, moisture-wicking shirts, like shirts that are a polyester spandex blend or a merino wool blend, stuff that dries uh, and won't uh, get all sweaty and stay totally soaked on you. Like, I see people in 100% mm-hmm. cotton shirts go hiking all the time. And within minutes, they're just soaked in sweat. And that sweat doesn't go away. They're sh- and then their body temperature just is going to yeah. yeah, they're just dripping wet. Right. And then they're going to get the chills. Like they're going to end up in a shady zone. They're going to get real chilly, go back into a sunny zone, start sweating again. And the process repeats itself. And it just makes it like a more miserable experience. Um, so it's, I definitely would say shoes and uh, what you wear are extremely important when it comes to day hiking. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no. When you talk about shoes, um, when I go, I honestly usually just wear my sneakers. Um, I, I don't have what I would call a proper pair of hiking shoes. Sure. Uh, what do you look for? What's a brand that you like, Alex? And when you when you talk about hiking shoes, are you talking about boots? Are you talking more about trainers? Does it matter? Um,
2: I mean, each every person will have their own say about what kind of boots they really like. I've always been a Danner mm-hmm. fan. I've owned a couple pair of Danner Mountain Six Hundreds, which are my favorite boots. Um, I've hiked, uh, the Sierra Nevada mountains in those I hiked, um, out in, I hiked in Jackson. I went to, I uh, did a great hike around Lake Jenny, which is just North of Jackson hole, um, in those. And they, it was about eight mile out and back hike. They held up tremendously well and they, like no blisters felt like I was walking mm-hmm. out air the whole time. Uh, when I do short hikes and I'm imagining that's what you're talking about, Will, any like any decent pair of running or cross training shoes will probably be all right depending on the weather. If you're just gonna do, if you're doing a two mile hike to a waterfall and back, just make sure you wear comfortable, good shoes that'll give you good ankle support and good foot support. Um, like, don't wear some Chuck Taylors out there.
0: I, I guess you have Even, to put com comfort before style sometimes. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm all about I'm all about being stylish when I'm hiking, but it's like comfort
2: first. <laughs>
1: I will say I find myself uh, compromising my fashion for comfort because this outdoor gear stuff, they need some help with these designs. I'm telling you, (laughs) (laughs) the the diva in me is not pleased, but I do what I have to do. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, if I'm in Florida, right, and I'm just going to like a state park or one of our local regional parks here and, uh, you know, and it's mostly flat, uh, I'll wear like a sports sandal. Um, you know, Keen makes one, Northside makes one. Everybody kind of has a version where it has, it Chacos. lets your feet breathe. You know, uh, what did you call them?
2: I said Chacos. That's like the uh, brand that I love.
1: Oh, but yeah, yeah, those two. So you know what I'm talking about. So they let your yeah, feet yeah. breathe, but... But it's closed toes, so it's not like if you stub a rock or a tree root or something like that, you're not going to hurt yourself, but your feet aren't hot and sweaty. And those are those are pretty versatile, especially, and if even if I'm going to a waterfall, if it's, you know, in season where I can get wet and stuff, then, yeah, I want to wear those because they have the traction. If I'm on slippery rocks and stuff like that, I'm not going to fall and bust my butt. And I can get my feet wet and keep going, and they'll dry off really fast. Um but I do have uh, a hiking boot, and that one is keen, too. I don't love it. I'm in the market for a new one. Um, so we'll see. I really want to try Merrell. I've heard good things about that brand. I haven't tried them yet. Mm-hmm. But the, the the hikes I have done where it was more mountainous and there was elevation, that's what I wore. I have weak ankles, so I'm really big on ankle support. I'm not a fan of the low tops. I prefer to have something. Mm-hmm. Or my ankle has support. Um, I do have really, really uh, good socks. Uh, lots of different pairs of socks for whether it's, um, you know, whether it's warm or whether it's hot. Um, I've never gotten a blister. Knock on wood when I've been hiking. So
0: yeah, and uh, I do think that socks are important because the only time I've gotten a blister while hiking, I don't think it was the shoes because I've worn them on many occasions. I just wore some really, really thin. Kind of just like you know, like ankle socks, and it really fucked my foot up. Oh man, totally. those
2: totally k- kill your feet.
1: Oh yeah, ankle socks will be the worst. They're the worst
2: because your <laughs> heels are the is rubbing. They're the, they're the worst.
1: Yeah, That's
0: what I'm saying um,
1: again, you got to sacrifice okay. the aesthetics for comfort. Yeah,
0: you got to look. You gotta I know. Look I want bit, you got to look a little bit dorky, <laughs> a little bit dad like with the high yeah. socks. I yeah. got it. Yeah, got it. No. I learned my lesson. Just accept the look. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but we will be right back, I promise. Okay, so, I, you know, shoes, socks, take care of your feet, that's very important. Um, Much like Lieutenant Dan said in Forrest Gump. Right. Um, but we're talking about packs. I don't like, I'm not the kind of person who, like, carries a bag or a backpack, you know, even, like, commuting to work or wherever. I don't like wearing a backpack. But, Alex, do you think it is important to carry a pack and, you know, what are some of the essential things to put in that pack?
2: I 100% think it's essential to carry a pack when you're hiking. Um, unless you're super familiar with the hike that you're going on and you know how long it's going to take you in and out, and maybe it's a high-traffic hike, high-traffic hike you could be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're trying a new hike on a, maybe an unfamiliar mountain or you want to go check out uh, like a new waterfall somewhere, you, you haven't been there before, You need to be sure that you're packing the right things because, again, weather could change. You could even get lost. I've known hikers who thought they were going, they were on the right trail, then made a left turn somewhere and ended up walking three miles in the opposite direction of where they were supposed to go. And so they ended up on the trail for an extra six hours that day. Um, Mm -hmm. So bringing a pack gives you that just added layer of security. Even if, and there's like, I've learned so many different ways to pack a pack. So it kind of depends on what you're going for. But if you want to just go really minimalist, you can get. Literally, like, uh, they make these great – this company, John G, makes these great fanny packs that are made for runners and cyclists, but you can put iodine tablets in them to purify water. They can hold – they hold a little water bottle. You can bring some first aid. That's if you really just are are looking to just, you know, not want to carry something. Um, I've always been a fan of carrying a small backpack, and then I have my, uh, like, my water uh, bladder in there. I have uh, some snacks. I have, like, a knife. I have – I have a little windbreaker that folds up to about the size of your wallet. Um, okay. Uh, and sometimes if, it's, if I think it might rain, I have, a, I have another poncho that, again, folds up to about like the size of a, of a small pocketbook. Um, so, if you, if you, again, if you're buying the right equipment, wearing a pack is not going to be a, a really like, arduous thing to have. And, in fact, it's going to give you peace of mind, which is going to make your experience outdoors that much better if something were to happen, if something unexpected or unpredictable does happen.
1: Oh yeah, I'm a big fan of having a pack, and the one time I did any hike and I didn't have it, I needed it, and I regretted it, so yeah, I'm <laughs> a big fan of a pack, and you don't have to, you, whatever you have, honestly, it's fine. I mean, I have an Eagle Creek that I love, um, just because it detaches from my, um, my rolling carry-on. It's like a convertible kit, so it's just really convenient that way, but I always have insect repellent, uh, number one. Um, Especially especially speaking, and when we're talking about, so, we have barriers for people who are newbies who want to get started. That's a huge one for people. So it's like, Take the things that are gonna ease your mind. You don't want mosquitoes swarming around you. Have insect repellent. I even have one of those hats, the dorky hats with the mosquito net <laughs> on it, cause I did a, a swamp walk in the yeah. Everglades and they laughed at me, but guess who didn't get bit in the face? Me. So, <laughs> uh, I, you know, insect repellent, definitely a water bladder, um, lip gloss, lip chapstick, something like that. Cause if you're in the sun, and your lips can get sunburned, too, and just sometimes people don't think about that. Um, so protect your lips. Have sunscreen. Um, as a woman, I always have some kind of whistle or some kind of, like, alarm or some kind of sound. Mm-hmm. It's good to scare away animals and people, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that we have mm-hmm. to think about. I always have a knife, a um, first aid kit, poncho, um, Plenty, and even if I have the bladder, I always have like some kind of tablets or like the the little purifying straw thing, um, and a spare bottle of water, just because I'm paranoid. Like the last thing I want to deal with is not having enough water. Always have snacks, just in case your blood sugar gets low and you end up out there longer than you plan to.
0: Are there apps that you guys use that either um you know will, will show you trails or uh, in some sense maybe make sure you're safe that will you know keep you tracked? on a GPS I system. Use, uh, what's your go-to, Lauren?
1: I use AllTrails. Uh, that's probably my biggest go-to um, for yeah. AllTrails. You have to pay to be able to download the maps offline, but the cheapo mm-hmm. hype is just to take a screenshot of your route. And, um, <laughs> I, and that's another thing you want to have, right? So you want to have a spare battery uh, way to charge your phone. Um, and a spare cord as well, just in case anything happens to any of that stuff, because you don't want to rely on having GPS, because chances are you're going to lose it at some point. So um, hmm. I usually have a printed map as well as the screenshots of my of my hike. And then if you're in any of the uh, state parks or the national parks, a lot of them have their own apps um, like Yellowstone and the Smoky Mountains have really awesome apps that you should download when you have Wi-Fi prior to you going to the park. And then you can download all of their maps to everywhere that you're going to go and plan kind of those hikes. And then you already have them saved for you in your phone.
0: Alex, are you also a fan of all,
2: uh, all trails? Oh, I love it. Um, it's hands down the best trail map I've ever used for just kind of, uh, out and back hiking. Um, even if you don't, even if you don't download the map before, you just save the map without paying a subscription. Sometimes if you look up where you are, it'll use GPS to show you on the map where you're actually standing. So you could even track mm-hmm. yourself sometimes what? on certain trails. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, if you open the app, even without service, it'll pick up GPS and it will show you uh, on the map where you are. Uh, I did it before when I was hiking Slide Mountain because we thought we were lost. and we were. It was getting late at night. Uh, And it was able to hone in on my phone's location. And I don't pay for AllTrails; I just have the free version, Mm -hmm. and it still gave me an accurate or a semi-accurate kind of ping of where I was and where we were on the trail. And it's it's fantastic. Uh, Yeah, it's like uh, I'm not getting paid by them, but man, I should be. They are awesome. (laughs) I tell everyone to download AllTrails.
1: Me too. That's that's I do too. And no, I'm also not being paid by (laughs) AllTrails.
0: Well, I'm being paid a lot by All Trails yeah. and you guys walked right into my trap. No, I'm just kidding, we don't we don't get paid. We would like to though, at All Trails if you're listening. Yeah, uh, All Trails,
2: give me a shout.
0: Send us some money. Send us some of those big trail bucks. Uh you know, so Alex, we talked a lot about day hikes. Um if you switch to overnight camping trips, uh, I'm sure a lot of the advice and the gear is the same, but is there any are there any big differences um maybe things that you wouldn't necessarily besides the tent obviously uh things that you wouldn't necessarily bring on a quick hike as opposed to a you know a several day trek.
2: Oh man, yeah, there's a ton of things that I wouldn't bring on a day hike versus a several day trek. Um if I do if I do an overnight trip or I'm staying out for even 2 to 4 nights um I'm I'm going as light as I possibly can, like uh, like Lauren said. I'm bringing definitely a water purifier, like a Life Straw, which I highly recommend. Uh, you can just you can dip those into any water source, and it pur- you could drink right from it. It's a it's a great way to purify water, and they also make one that comes in sort of a Nalgene uh, attachment, so you can fill up mm. a water bottle and then use it on that. Um, so if I'm if I'm going out, the fr- that's the first thing I'm thinking of is my water source because water is really heavy. And I want to pack light, so I'm thinking as light as I can. So, I'm thinking I want my tent, uh, sleeping bag, obviously, um, shoes. I'm probably only wearing one pair of socks. Maybe bringing out okay. one pair of underwear and one shirt. Um, when you're out doing a trip like this, it's you're gonna smell no matter what. You can't get to a shower, and it's really <laughs> not a. It's like not a big deal if you smell like bo for a couple days on the trail. Uh, it can also be good to let animals know you're there um, so they don't come scratching around your campsite at night.
0: Uh, Wait, is that just a hypothesis? Or are you saying that you <laughs> smell so bad that you scare animals away? No, but animals
2: animals pick up scents, right? So if an animal smells body odor, that could be a sign for them to stay away, that that, that there's like a human in the area. Um, the, like You don't want to wear fragrant scents when you're hiking uh they'll always okay. tell you this when you're in bear country like you never want to wear cologne it's almost better if you don't shower and just only wash yourself with water um not i mean the you know the like uh the adirondacks and catskills there's black bears up there but if you're out west in bear country you got to be a little bit more uh careful about what you're doing um i'd still bring a whistle that's interesting uh yeah and then and then i'd bring like like if I'm going overnighting, I'm bringing my I'm bringing my Jetboil, uh, which is my little camp stove. Um, okay. Definitely bringing. I'm probably not bringing a camping chair, uh, or like I like I would do on a day hike or even a car camping trip. I'm just going light, man. I'm bringing a headlamp. I'm bringing a knife, um, and then I'm bringing like food that I'm bringing awful food. My food like it's not gourmet meals. It's ramen and <laughs> like some. It's maybe like a camp kit or an MRE or something.
0: Yeah, I, so lean, lean is the name of the game. I want to go back to the scent uh, because you know, Lauren, as as a as a self proclaimed diva, how do you reconcile with that? You know, camping and maybe not not smelling so great.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, that's one (laughs) of those. You just have to love nature more than you hate B.O. So exactly what he said. So I I went to Yellowstone this past fall and I had this I went for a conference to Billings. It wasn't to Yellowstone, but I was like, well, Mm -hmm. I'm that close. I can't not go to Yellowstone. That's like bucket list. So Mm -hmm. I planned extra days to, to go there. But since I was flying, Uh, I had to be really conscious about what I was going to pack, and I really wanted to camp there. Um, And I just, so I was researching, and I read that, you know, about the scents that you wear and all that kind of stuff. And it just, weather-wise, we just talked about, right? I ended up, I did book a campsite, but I couldn't tent camp because I couldn't pack in what I was going to need to be comfortable and warm enough and that kind of cold. Like, I was not equipped for that, so I car camped instead, um, in an SUV so yeah i i do i don't wear traditional deodorant anyway i use a crystal so it's odorless um but mm-hmm. it keeps me from perspiring and i won't like make my own self sick um so that, <laughs> that's one thing that people can do you can use something that's natural um that's not gonna put out an odor you know as far as what you bathe with he's absolutely right you want to I mean, if you gotta use soap, you're using like the teeniest, tiniest bit, and nothing super fragrant. Like, don't be bathing with something that smells like pomegranates. Right. Like you are
2: you're gonna smell
1: like, like a whole snack. I know that's kind of like the state the <laughs> like kids like to say. You don't want to be a snack in Grizzly Country. That's right, not right. the goal. <laughs> so, Just I, yeah. some
0: honey scented shampoo. Yeah,
1: not yeah. what you want to do. Not a, like no honey, no none of that. Even gum. I was like super conscious about. I don't want to have anything that was going to make me smell like a tasty morsel. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you're, you're, you're going to stink. It's inevitable. And you just hope that if you are with other people like they stink, too. What are you going to say?
0: <laughs> well, I had no idea about this whole scent thing. And Alex, I'm, I'm sorry about all the times I made fun of you behind your back. It's about uh, <laughs> the way you smell. You were just trying to protect yourself. <laughs> I could hear you that whole time. I was just—I yeah. I was just weeping. Uh, I didn't want anyone to see. Yeah, but at least you were safe from the animals. I was Smelly safe. but safe. Uh, Lauren, you know, talking about overnight camping trips, is there one thing that you would definitely recommend people bring um, that maybe they might not have thought of?
1: Uh, for the overnight trip, um, yeah. Uh, Alex mentioned the the jet boil is a really good one. Also, like utensils, actually. Some people don't Mm. think about that. Like you want to have like one cup you know, like a tin cup or whatever. Um, I opt for something that's more like a thermos because that way it can keep cold stuff really, really, really cold for like 48 hours. and It'll keep warm food mm-hmm. really warm for the same amount of time. And then it actually has a little spoon that fits right in the top of the canister and just unfolds and pops out. So yeah, like you want a utensil of some kind um, if you don't want to have to eat with your hands because you just never okay. know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know just like a cup maybe a pot stuff like that like Mm -hmm. like little things like that but overnight the biggest thing is gonna be making sure you're gonna be warm because the ground is so unforgiving (laughs) if it's cold you're gonna have a miserable night so just having that enough base layers for that um I, I I know you wanna go light, especially if it's a longer check, but just because of my back, I have my little self inflatable air mattress thing that it can flatten really, really flat and super air light. And then once you unfold it, you open the little valve and it'll expand. So that's just enough for me to like not wake up with my back in complete traction. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, do what you got to do to be comfortable, but also understand that you got to carry this shit. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, Okay, cool. So we've prepped a bit for a hypothetical camping hyping. uh, So we we've prepped a bit for our hypothetical camping hyping hiking trips but i want to talk to you about some of your favorite places uh that you've been um when someone asks you about your favorite hikes your favorite outdoor trips of all time what destinations immediately come up for you laura
1: oh that's such a hard question man i've been to some i know i'm I'm blessed i've gone to some beautiful places okay i'm gonna give you two okay so i'll give you a camping and i'll give you a hike um perfect the best hike Uh, that I've ever taken. So people, when they travel, a lot of times they have a one-track mind and they don't think about international travel that, oh, I can still be nature-y too. I intentionally seek that out. So I went to the Azores Islands um, in the middle of the Atlantic. It's Mm, a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're actually part of Portugal, um, but they are self-governing. And Mm -hmm. they have this lake called uh, Lagoa do Fogo, which literally means the Lake of Fire. And it's this amazing jewel colored turquoise lake that's completely fed from rainwater because it's a volcanic crater, like there is no inlets, there's no streams, there's nothing feeding this lake. It is gorgeous, and so I'd read about it online, and I knew on this trip like, oh, I'm gonna do this hike um so that was amazing just because a it's beautiful and b it really challenged me because i was by myself i'm in another country Mm -hmm. and you have to be mindful of the fog rolling in because if you don't time it right you won't be able to see but once i finished and got to the bottom of this mountain on the beach and the shores of this lake like you couldn't tell me anything i was like a badass (laughs) like that was like I, i i win for the day queen for the day and uh, that was one of the most amazing hikes I've ever done. And I think it should be on everyone's bucket list. Um, amazing. As for camping, I actually went camping by myself um, for my birthday like two years ago. There's a state park in Florida called Kayakosta. Calle and it is only reachable by boat. Um, It's an island, and you ferry all your gear in over to the island, and then they trim you down to the other side of the island where the campsites are, and you set up your camp, and that was significant because, A, it was my first time camping completely solo by myself, Uh, and then, B, just because, like, I camped on an island, dude. Like, who can say that? Not everybody can say that. <laughs> so, to be at your campsite and you can literally, like, hear the waves, you know, like, a few feet away on the other side of the dunes. Um, just to do that by myself, to come out at night with the night sky and it's just, like, you and the stars. Like, Coast was absolutely gorgeous and then it also had trails along the island that i walked and i rented a bike and kayaked around in the mangroves. like it it was it was absolutely gorgeous highly recommend especially um floridians or if you come into florida that's definitely a, a really good campsite to to go to
0: Lord, don't tell them yeah, that sounds
1: <laughs> I, I know i struggled i already wrote the post about it and it was kind of like a paper. i know the secret's out i'm sorry
0: <laughs> yeah we we can't edit that out sorry but you know, lauren i was gonna say i'm the kind of person who doesn't like to be alone for whatever 15 minutes let alone an entire night out by myself um do you like camping by yourself camping solo more than than you like to be with other people at least that way no one can smell you but are there any other benefits
1: i mean you're talking to a person who goes out the country by herself so i'm, yeah. I'm an introverted extrovert like i like people and i like to socialize and then i get burned out and i get tired so being by myself yeah i was totally fine with that i had packed in uh you know um, libations, we won't say what kind because it was a state park. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I had what I needed to, like, have fun and unwind and, like, yeah, I, I like me. I like the still. I like the quiet. And you know what else I like? Being able to get up and do what the hell I want to do and not have to compromise or have a discussion about it. If I want to go to the beach, I went to the beach. I want to ride a bike. I rode a bike. You know, whatever I felt like doing, I didn't have to worry about or compromise or just deal with the opinions of others i also didn't have to listen to anybody else snore that's a great benefit
0: great thing. <laughs> that's definitely true alex uh when someone asks you about your favorite hikes uh, camping trips of all time what destinations come to your mind sure um sure.
2: i will uh definitely uh plus one lauren's recommendation for ko costa uh in florida it's beautiful I've camped there as a kid. Um, it's right off of Big Pine Island, and you're pretty much on this great island by yourself on the Gulf of Mexico. With these turquoise blue waters—it's amazing. Um, I think for uh, camping, one of my favorite camping trips that I did was a trip from San Francisco up to Napa Valley for a wedding, and I I just kind of took my time and camps. Uh, Pacific uh what is it the Pacific
0: PCH Pacific Coast Highway. the
2: PCH yeah and so I ended up uh
0: yeah
2: one of my favorite one of my favorite experiences that was I was in Bodega Bay uh by myself and I did have a car which was nice So I wasn't just solo hiking and camping which definitely is a different kind of solo mm-hmm. camping but I think everyone should solo camp once in their life if they have the opportunity to it's definitely a different experience than camping with people and kind of just puts you alone with your thoughts and gives you a really nice opportunity to, I don't know, just sit with yourself, you know, and and it's, I think everyone should be able to sit with themselves and be able to just uh, be comfortable with themselves. And it's easier to do when you're in a naturally beautiful environment, like in the mountains or looking over at like the ocean from a cliff, which is where I was camping on this like weird hill cliff thing. That was on someone's land, I think. I don't know. I don't know where exactly I ended up. Uh, it was just a good spot <laughs> to throw a tent. Um,
0: <laughs> I, did, I didn't get in trouble, which is cool. Um, you guys are drinking and camping on people's property. Yeah. I don't know if we should be taking <laughs> your No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I definitely
2: And I definitely think that bringing your libation of choice is a great, great move.
0: All right, we are going to take a very quick break, but we'll be right back. As we kind of wrap up, the last thing I want to ask you guys is um, one piece of advice for people that are just getting into hiking and camping before they go out on the trip. What would that be? Lauren, what would you tell them?
1: Uh, My biggest piece of advice is don't let fear hold you back um, and then just be safe, you know, be smart. Let someone know where you're going ahead of time. Share, share where you're going, share the name of the trail, Um, send them a a screenshot or a downloaded picture of the map, you know, that kind of thing. And as we said earlier, check the weather.
0: (laughs) Definitely. Uh, Alex, same question. Um, I would definitely
2: say, uh prepare for the worst but expect the best um go at your own pace don't if someone's faster than you on the trail that you're with you can either ask them to slow down or if they you know don't want to they're an asshole but uh don't be afraid <laughs> don't be afraid to stop and take breaks sometimes hiking is a hiking's a lot more strenuous than people think and sometimes it's uh it's good to stop and take a break and even taking a break just gives you a chance to look around you and Reconnect yourself with nature and um, kind of get your bearings before you continue on your hike and your journey. And that's it. That's all it really is. It's a journey, right? It's just just walking in the woods.
0: That it is. And also, don't be scared to smell. I think (laughs) we learned that today. Don't be scared to smell bad. Uh, (laughs)
1: <laughs> don't. And also, I want to add to uh, to piggyback off of that. Also, don't let people adventure shame you. Like it's okay if your first hike is literally just somewhere you know, totally. fifteen minutes from your house. Like, don't feel like you have to go out and tackle the Appalachian Trail like that. Don't 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 fall for that for that crap is what I call it. There's some, there can be this hint of arrogance and elitism in the outdoor community sometimes, and it'll make newbies feel like, oh, I'm not good enough yet to do that. And so I hate to hear people feel deterred by that. Like, start small. It's okay. Yep.
2: Totally agree. Start, Start, start small. Go at your own pace.
0: Yeah, and I, I love that, and, and Lauren. I think I feel like that's so much of what Outdoorsy Diva is all about. And for people out there who want to find more about you and about what you do, where can they find you online?
1: Absolutely, go to outdoorsydiva.com, dot com. Also on Instagram at outdoorsydiva, and you can also get to the podcast from outdoorsydiva.com. dot com
0: amazing and alex where can people find some of your writing and some of the stories that you edit if they want to and find you on twitter too because you're just a delightful person they can
2: find (laughs) most of my stories on thrillist.com uh if you just google my name and thrillist you'll get all all of my camping hiking stories um Mm
1: -hmm. my
2: twitter is at it's alex robinson uh i don't really tweet that much but feel free to holler at me on twitter if you have Questions comments or just would like to talk camping hiking. I love to talk about it. And (laughs) um, I love to get love to get more people exposed to the outdoors. The outdoors are for everyone. Uh, They've always been for everyone, even though it has definitely not felt that way. So uh, I think what Lauren is doing is great. I wish that more people like her were out there. And I'm glad that she's here letting this voice out and getting people stoked to get outside who might otherwise have thought that the outdoors weren't necessarily for them.
0: Yeah, this was awesome. It was so great to talk to you guys. And, um, I'm inspired to go and do some, I want to go right now, especially (laughs) because yeah, it's it's one of the only things it's, I mean, what better way to social distance than to go out in the middle woods of the woods with literally no one else around. It's like the perfect exactly right now. So, I hope everyone takes advantage of it.
1: For sure, definitely.
0: Um, yeah, this was great. I think that we should do this again sometime. I, would love to. I it was do.
1: Fun. This was so much fun. Thank
0: you. <laughs> Thank you
2: so much for coming on and having me on.
0: <laughs> Come on every time, Alex. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, okay. Cool. Yeah, this was really great. So, Mia, I think that we can we can stop the winger. Uh, all right, big thanks to Alex and Lauren for coming on to talk about The Great Outdoors. I also want to thank the Thrillers podcast team, Megan Kirsch, Jim D'Amico, Emily Feld, Brett Kushner, Mangesh Hadakudor of iHeartRadio, Mia Fask, who helped produce this episode, and the lovely and talented Dan Byrne, who edited and mixed this sucker. He did a great job. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, everyone, for listening. See you next week. Stay strong. What are you doing? Outdoor?